Oh boy, it's your boy DJ Academic Style. Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Man, it's gonna be a solo episode, people. Okay, this is a time and a state of emergency that I must declare. Because PSA for anyone that doesn't know, it's a time of beef, and in time of beef, we must move a certain type of way. Now, first and foremost, uh, lace up your bootstraps and make sure you put on your helmet. I'm here secure and safe as fuck in my 90 feet underground bunker that's surrounded by adamantium steel and I got all type of bars by the window because I'm currently going through a beef with a real screed nigga. Okay, now, it's another one of these rappers. He says he's going to kill me. Actually, to quote him exactly, he said, yo, I could have smoked academics. I mean... Does that mean anything but the obvious? So I'm prepared for war, which means I'm just hiding. Now, like, listen, I'm joking, ladies and gentlemen. In reality, this individual that I'm actually going to expose, let's just start off by exposing them, okay? We're the same people. We're civilians, except he's portraying a role because he's selling records to do it. Me, I actually bear my soul. I don't care if people call me a bitch at times. Like recently with this Brittany Renner thing, they're like, yo, Ak is a real one. Whatever people call me, you could just say Ak is being himself. But there's a lot of people in music and in rap that live through facades and perception. This guy is definitely one of the biggest frauds. Now, his name is Frederick Gibbs. Okay, that's his rapper name. But his actual name is Frederick Tipton. Now, I got to give you the history on this guy because... You would be shocked if you heard his lyrics. I know you'll never listen. You'll never Google it. You won't even look here on Spotify to find it. But if you hear his music, you would think that this guy has a hundred bodies. He's moved thousands of kilos of coke, meth. He's the biggest drug dealer since Pablo Escobar. But such is the case with many of your rap favorite rappers who are portraying and lying to you about who they really are. Now, after I realized this guy had real issues with me, I had to do some investigation, okay? Ironic, ain't it? I had to figure out who he really was. Is he really like that? Because I pride myself. To win every battle, you must know your opponent. You got to know who you're going against, all right? For example, if I'm beefing with, I don't know, Lil Durk and them, I'm not even going to be tweeting at them niggas, okay? I'll just be listening. I'll be enlisting the help of the police and the FBI to make sure I'm safe, okay? Because them niggas are actually about that shit. Listen, when I was going back and forth with Young and Ace, the moment Young and Ace said, hey, you like my song, I was like, yeah, I do. I didn't want to beef with no Young and Ace. Young and Ace, they're real steppers in Jacksonville. I don't want to go back and forth with them, okay? Listen, there's some real characters within this hip-hop stuff that you realize that what they're rapping about, they're actually about. However, there's still a few fake-ass gangsters, basically civilians who are portraying to be gangsters and we got one today to expose is freddie okay now frederick tipton and i'm gonna tell you why i'm giving this government name and giving the history of him his father is a police officer now i just want to paint the irony of this whole thing a kid who grew up playing with his father's badge handcuffs police uniform and gun and also took allowance that came from his father's police salary, said, what should I do with all of these things at my disposal? He went to a fucking studio to make up a fake persona of being some type of 
gangster. Now, listen, it's the reason why they say opposites attract, right? The guy basically grew up in a household where a police officer is his father, but he's still intrigued and enthralled by the lifestyle that supposedly the people his father is trying to catch on a daily basis live. So he goes to the studio, he's rapping all these ducktails, you know what I mean? Like he's moving all his weight. You listen to his music, this motherfucker talking like, yo, like listen, he know the like like he know the real Noriega, okay? He been moving weight from across the Atlantic, across the Pacific. Like this nigga is talking to talk, okay? Not to mention that, if you listen to his music, you would think this is one of the most violent motherfuckers known to man. Probably a hundred bodies under his belt, okay? Again. This guy is just like academics, civilian. But in rap, it's all about fooling the audience. Now, let me tell you what ended up happening with him because I'm going to give you the story of Freddie Gibbs. So Frederick Tipton, okay, a.k.a. Frederick Gibbs, he gets into rap by rapping all these fucking lies. People kind of believe it. Now, the people near where he grew up at because he grew up in, like, uh, Gary, Indiana, who's really from the hood, and this is how it works in most places. The hood will see you like, yo, you a bitch-ass nigga. You're not really about it, but will give you a pass as long as they could get a check off of you, okay? So they align with Freddie, and they're getting a check off Freddie. And by the way, if you want to go Google it, go Google it. You'll see them actually telling the facts. At a point, his conco hood was with him saying, yo, he's a real one. Everything he rapped about, he did. Now, clearly, they were lying for him, okay? Now, as soon as he stopped paying them, they told the truth. Yo, this guy never did nothing that he rapped about. And now that he stopped paying us, let me give y'all the goddamn truth. Now, I'm only giving that context to say this. He gets into rap, and because he's not who his music is portraying himself to be, or who he is, who he is is not what his music is, is portraying, he runs into issues when he starts sneak dissing other rappers. And what did motherfucking Chief keep saying, man? Sneak this and that's that shit I don't like. Now you would sneak this in a rapper named Jim Jones. Y'all should know him. He's from New York. Sneak this him on Twitter. Yes, even in 2014, 2015, Frederick Gibbs was a internet warrior, just like me. Okay. He probably didn't have Twitch, but he had Twitter. Okay, in 140 characters, he would say the meanest and worst things about you. He would say everybody else's music was trash. He would say that niggas wasn't as real as him. But of course, here's the difference between me and him. I'm in my nice little bunker. I ain't got to go outside. He had to go and do shows. So he was doing a show at a record store. Like literally the record store could only hold about like 20 people. I kid you not, go look this up. He did the show, but it was in, I don't even know if it was the hood of um, 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 uh, Jim Jones, but it was definitely in New York. And I don't know if Jim Jones had anything to do with this or maybe just maybe somebody who knew Jim Jones, like, you know, felt the need to kind of handle a situation because it was a rapper basically calling Jim Jones pussy and basically saying Jim Jones is trash. Maybe somebody felt they, they had to do something about it. But after he performed in this record store in front of 20 people, he was in a car and a bunch of people shot it up. OK, now he wasn't shot. His two homies were shot. Right. He ran out of the car in his sandals. And I know this story gets a little dark because I don't really want to go all the way there. But in reality, his quote unquote sneak dissident Internet antics got his man's shot. Now, did he stop? Did he learn his lesson? No, he didn't. Went back online, kept doing the same things, except he was a little bit more smarter. OK, he was picking and choosing his actual targets 
And until I said a very harmless comment about him, and by the way, if you don't know him as well, he was with Jeezy at a point. So he was with and signed to Young Jeezy. They fell out. He hated Jeezy for whatever reason, and he continues to hate him. But while I was on Everyday Struggle, like around like 2018, 2019, I made a comment that, yo, why is he sneak this in Jeezy? Now, he's been sneak this in people for years. I told you what happened when he sneaked this in another rapper. But Jeezy, who's trying to be removed from a lot of stuff, he's trying to live a better life, he has not responded to the likes of Freddie Gibbs. Now, me calling that out saying, hey, yo, you shouldn't be dissing, uh, sneak this in uh, Jeezy. Also, he called Jeezy relevant. Essentially, Jeezy sold the same amount that he sold. So I said, if Jeezy's irrelevant, you're irrelevant. And that triggered Young Frederick. Now, Young Frederick has been overtly threatening me since about like 2019. Now, I, I, listen, I'm not sitting here playing victim and be like, oh my God, help me out. But I just want to point this out. The guy who we're talking about, who had his whole career funded by his father, who was a police, right? Who also sneaked this another rapper till him and his homies got shot. They did nothing about it. By the way, the per they know who did it. They, they know all that those facts. Did nothing about it. Is now trying to pick and use his platform, which is still Twitter, to intimidate me. Okay? Now, we went back and forth, and this is where I'm going to be so honest, and I've learned a lesson in this. We went back and forth in, I believe, like 2019, no, 2020, last year. And when we went back and forth on Twitter, I'm going to be honest. I think this motherfucker got me. And I'm going to tell you why he got me. Because I forgot the fundamentals that made me me and what made me win on the internet. When he was getting at me, I was triggered by certain shit. I was super, you know, upset. And if you know anything about the internet, the person who cares the least or seems to care the least or seems the less triggered wins. It's not who has the best argument. And for whatever reason, maybe just coming off of being on everyday struggle, I thought it was the points that counted. Fuck the points. We've seen it in actual beef when it came to like Drake and Meek. Yes, Drake did have a dope ass diss song, but of course he clowned Meek to death. That's really what won the beef, the memes. So, Freddie Gibbs <clears throat> is fucking killing me with memes. I'm trying to kill him with facts, but nobody gives a fuck. The memes are too funny. So, I could be honest. I was down bad. Plus, the Chrissy Teigen thing that just happened. Complex is looking at me like, damn, yo, we're getting a lot of pressure because we got our own, like, you know, sexual harassment thing going on here. I get suspended, not fired, suspended. And I'm like, damn, as much as I like going back and forth with whoever wants to go back and forth with me, I have to chill. I can't go back and forth with this motherfucker no more. So it was down bad. I was 0-3 to this guy, Freddie Gibbs. Now, again, this is why I'm, I'm really clowning this dummy now because I think he lost the 3-0 the, the lead. I've never seen this before. Uh, unless, did the Cavs? Didn't the Cavs come back from 0-3 with uh, uh, the Warriors? Anyway. I went to L.A. like last week. You guys saw I interviewed everybody. Aiden Ross, Soldier Boy, DJ Vlad, Adam22, Van Lathan. And when I came back to the East Coast, Frederick Gibbs, who apparently is trying to promote a project, just randomly name drops me. He's like, yo, academics, nigga, I knew when you was in L.A. I knew the spot you was at. I could have pulled up on you. Not gonna smoke you. And any of the niggas who you was with was gonna let it happen. Now, this was like 
how to be like an internet thug one-on-one. It's like saying what you could have done and like also saying very public things that you're basically saying, hey, police, here's the evidence if I ever do anything to this guy. So I had to realize this guy is nothing but an internet thug. But then I realized why I was down 0-3 from the last time. He's a troll just like me. So I realized one important thing. I was taking this nigga too serious. He wasn't going to do anything. It's Frederick Gibbs. He's never done anything in his goddamn life. He's been a victim, if anything, okay? He got shot at, gave a statement. His father's the police. He probably told his father, like, hey, listen, go investigate this shit. Niggas are shooting at me. For all we know, this guy could be a goddamn undercover officer. His father was one. What the fuck? So what I realized, and I've, I, I'm so proud of myself for this, because I took it in a much lighter, well, lighter-hearted uh, stance, and I'm just clowning the whole thing out. You know what I mean? Uh, he's still trying to send threats, and again, you know, obviously I take every threat serious, but this is just a goofy trolling for attention. That's it. It's goofy trolling for attention. He eventually told me that he wants, uh, well, labels pay for your promotional attention, so if I could troll you and get it for free, like, I'm winning. And I looked at him and I said, well, if you feel like me telling the whole world that you're not who you are saying in your raps and that you're a fraud is me promoting you, okay, you've won. But it's sad that in 2021, the gangster rappers and rappers like Freddie Gibbs feel they have no other outlet other than to troll internet dweebs or bloggers for attention. Again, if it works, good for him. I just don't think it's going to work. Regardless, uh, Freddie Gibbs, man, I had to check out as soon as you asked me what that mouth do. Brother, you're 40, okay? You're bald in. You literally look like a milk dud. You look like little Bill. You should have said that. To, like, when you're tweeting out 2013 Charlemagne-esque jokes, like, I realize you're, you're burnt out, brother, okay? And then he later said that, yo, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to see you. That's what you should have done in the beginning, dummy. You should have said that to yourself in the mirror three times and not tweet it out. But you look stupid because you went on Twitter trying to be a tough guy and you never thought that the person who you felt was the least threatening to you would ever tell you, shut the fuck up and do it. Okay, again, if this is a lesson to anyone, just don't overplay your hands because somebody will call you bluff, all right? Anyway, um, we, we definitely got to talk about this Brittany Renner episode. Oh, boy. Never in a million years would I have thought that this Britney Renner episode would have been the second biggest episode of Off the Record. It's the second biggest episode, at least after tomorrow. And in three days, it's going to have passed the interviews or episodes I did with 21 Savage, Soldier Boy, with um, who else? Uh, Kodak Black. It's going to pass all of those. And... It's really because, and this is why, you know, I remember saying to people, the dopest thing about me and my platform and why I know I'll always win, because conversations that people claim they don't want to see, I know they do want to see. Like, for example, I knew putting Whack and 6 9 together is going to create the moment. Most people are in their own way. First of all, I'm here for content. I'm not here to be a real nigga. I'm here for content. These days, people are so stuck in preaching to their own choir or preaching to their own audiences who already think like them, they never actually speak to the people that don't think like them. And I think those are the best and interesting moments. You know why uh, Everyday Struggle worked? It didn't work. Uh, like Obviously, Joe Budden was Joe Budden in academics was academics. 
But you know why it really worked? It worked because two generations of fans who liked either older music or the newer uh, musicians, they used to just write off each other by saying, hey, you old head or hey, you guys can't rap. And when we forced that conversation to be had across generations where Joe could be discussing motherfucking um, Lil Yachty, and I could be even talking about certain people who, who, who were popping in the 90s, Wu-Tang and all that. You get me? Like, that was a cultural conversation that needed to be had where you, instead of making everybody sit in their own corners, you bring everybody together. So what does that relate to Brittany Renner? The audience I have, they've hated Brittany Renner. But there's an audience that loves Brittany Renner because Brittany Renner represents, for a lot of people, the new mindset of the updated, independent, um, sexually liberated woman. I could do what I want. I could say what I want. I'm a feminist. I could have it my way. Now, you know, if, if you watch trends these days, and I, and I I watch a lot of them on YouTube, like there's a bunch of, there, there's quote unquote a manosphere popping up where it's these YouTube channels where people are trying to restore the voice of Ben. Because again, these days, it's not about talking to each other. It's about being an echo chamber. So, for example, on Twitter, I remember the, the very moment when people started trending, don't give so-and-so a platform. People didn't want to hear opposing opinions anymore. They just wanted to hear what they thought. So, if you go on Twitter these days, you know, and by the way, I consider myself a feminist, you know, just by the, according to the definition in, in, in a dictionary. I know it's been reimagined to be some, some other stuff. But it's mostly... Hey, okay, we got to get women equal rights, which is all dope. And then it goes a little extreme, and it's usually like, yo, these niggas ain't shit. Fuck these niggas. And matter of fact, fuck these little, these, you know, gender norms or relationship norms. Hey, why can't you fuck like a million niggas and still get wifed up by this person? And why can't you do this? And and it's changed the mindset of a lot of people, especially like, you know, in, in, in the audience that Britney Renner has. So bringing, the, bringing my audience and her audience together was a great thing. This is where it got really interesting. And if you really ask me my whole stance on it, I'll give you my whole stance on what she said completely, and then I'll give my stance on her. Even watching the Britney Renner episode back again, the I won't say accountability. Women in 2021 completely believe there are no repercussions to what they do. They don't believe that there are consequences to what they do or what they choose. I'll give you an example. And by the way, I, you know, I went on Fresh and Fit, salute to my guys, um, like probably like a couple weeks ago, and I was confronted by a panel of women. And essentially, these women were saying, hey, nigga, get up with the times. Of course, I could fuck 20 niggas on camera. I could, I'm getting the bag now. I'm doing all these things. And yes, most dudes should want to wife me. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You give up and you risk things. Let me say it like this. With most men, we usually accept the consequences to whatever we do, right? Like, for example, yo, if you're a short motherfucker, you got to make sure you probably make a lot of money. You know why? Because if you're short, damn, there's going to be some woman that's going to skip out on you. 
And by the same thing for fat. Like, shit, if you're a fat ass nigga, hey, make sure you get in the bag or something. Because the world ain't, well, the world is fair. Where if you made choices to not work out or whatever, you lost the DNA lottery and you ain't look good or you short, you got to make up for that in other ways that you could be competitive in a dating field. I personally think for women who are like Brittany Renner, hey, you have made your bones and you've made a living off of exposing men, talking about your sexual uh, escapades. You've done all these things. You fucked a bunch of like celebrities. You've now got some social fame that you could finesse for bags and you're making now a good income. But you can't possibly think that the regular and the average dude, and this is the part that they'll never, they'll never accept. Most dudes ain't going to look at you like, oh, this is a girl I'm proud to wife. So when I was breaking down the side chick thing to her, some people were thinking I was just like either insulting her or reinventing the wheel. No, it's not. That's the consequences of what she did. The consequences of writing a book talking about how you got fucked by multiple dudes. You got fucked by dudes the first night. You were thirsty for this and that celebrities, this and third. You have now made it where if somebody else is in a position, and by the way, keep in mind, the type of dude she want is basically that 1% of dudes. Like, she's not looking for the nigga who works at Walmart. She still wants somebody who's a celebrity. I won't say who, but a celebrity who, who was a rapper, actually. He told me this. I'm trying not to give, give away who it is. Yeah, uh, damn. I definitely just had to cut out that clip uh, because I introed this next thing I was going to say wrong because I was not trying to say names, but then I said name. I like accidentally snitched. Now, anyway, yo, I know this person, right? Uh, they're a celebrity in the industry, and this is a dude. Like, he is super confident in himself. You know, he was with a particular lady, and that particular young woman, you know, had an interest in history. You know, I'm not sure if the audience knew that, but, you know, she had an interest in history. Fucked a lot of niggas. That's just what it is. Now, at first, this individual, right, was like, I don't give a fuck about her past, okay? This and third. Now, eventually, they broke up after some time. And after talking to this motherfucker afterwards, he was like, yo, listen, you know, I tried to give this thing a chance. And the reason why I met her is because she probably was around all these dudes, this and third. But it really did get to me that every time we went in the club, every time we went in the studio session, man, there was somebody in there that she fucked. It was hard for him to accept. You get me? And I think that's what a lot of women these days don't want to accept and admit. So Brittany Renner's legacy is going to be that she fucked a bunch of rappers. Like, I could say it to her face and she just will just act like I didn't say it. You know? But that's your legacy. That's why you're you. Now, some people just won't be able to accept that. And I think she's coming around to say, hey, listen, you have to be able to tell me now. If you could accept it, because what happened with the PJ Washington dude, if you ask me, like she tried to change herself up. She admitted, she said, yo, I try to be a good girl. Y'all try to be like wifey. And I try to be something that could make him proud. And in the end, like she didn't really say, but I'm assuming she's pretty much saying the nigga either cheated on her or as she called it, wasn't a good partner. And now she feels stupid because she changed herself for a nigga who basically wasn't going to forgive her for all the bullshit she was doing before. And that's just one of the things I just keep trying to tell women. It's like, yo, listen, you wrote a book about fucking a bunch of dudes. Like, yo, listen, 
you got to find that unicorn of a nigga who's going to deal with all the bullshit and all the, like, you, you could call it, oh, that's little dick energy, uh, yo, that's low vibration. Yo, women say all type of bullshit when they want you to accept their, like, you know, baggage. Oh, wait, you seen a bunch of videos of me sucking off 10 niggas and getting trains ran on me? Like, yo, if you can't, if you can't, like, deal with it as a man, you got little dick energy. Like, yo, what type of fucking grade school logic is that? No, shorty. I just don't want my chick to be used and been on record, especially video, fucking everybody in the world. Again, in this new mentality, they won't get it, okay? So I think that Brittany changed herself for homie, and then he fucks up, and then she regrets changing herself. And I think that's where we see with a lot of women like her. You know what I mean? Like, they all eventually want to be wifey. And even though she was sitting on the couch next to me like, nah, they got to accept me for me. Britney says she was falling in love. But here's the thing, though. If you were really seeking love, you wouldn't be writing a book. And that's what I was trying to tell her about a side chick thing. Yo, Lori Harvey is wifey, okay? And when I was saying wifey pussy versus side chick pussy, wifey pussy don't got to write books. Wifey pussy gets acknowledged. Wifey pussy is around. Wifey pussy's going to be with the nigga. You're not just like, yo, meet me in this hotel and whatever, whatever. Wham, bam, you're out of here. You're doing a walk of shame all the time. That's side chick pussy. So nobody knows that you were fucking a bunch of famous dudes until you tell them. And these people, these chicks usually try to tell people in the worst type of ways. Exposing them on Twitter. Exposing the DMs. At least I'll say about Britney, she's smart. And by the way, this is where I get to her, even her personally. She's smart in terms of there's a business mind behind her. Big business mind behind her, if you ask me. She knows how to separate the thottery. From the business she knows how to realize okay this is thottery this is teasing and i could monetize in certain ways there's a lot of chicks who they think they're monetizing their thottery but they're just really being thoughts for like cheap labor she was at least like hey listen you know say what you want about superhead at least she wrote a book too right Brittany renner wrote, wrote a book there's chicks out here that's on fucking ig live spilling their fucking heart on all the niggas that ran through them. And you know what they get? They just get probably the next nigga who ain't ran through them, who saw the live and said, oh, I'm going to hit her up because I want next. You know what I mean? Like, it's again, not saying I condone all that, but I got to be honest, at least she's a little smarter than the average thought. Come on, bro. We got to give her some fucking credit. Okay? Now, this is what I think about her. Uh, I, 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 listen, I do think she's side chick pussy. I like her, but I think she's side chick pussy. You know what I mean? Like, niggas wasn't claiming her, wifing her. And, you know, she was having a hard time processing that. If, if niggas was going to claim her, wife her, we would have seen her popping out with mad more niggas before. Never happened, okay? But I'm going to be honest with you. And just on meeting her one time, I don't think it's because of her personality. She's a sweet girl. She's sweet. She's nice. She seems you know, a little bit with her business, you know, now she might be easy. I don't know, you know, and by the way, I, like I seen everybody like I ain't trying. You know I mean, she was very professional with me. I kept it professional with her. And you know me at this point where I'm at, man, I ain't trying to get no type of allegations. I'm cooling. However, I got to say like off camera, she's nothing like what she seems to be um, on Twitter. And it reminded me something. And, you know, yo, just like Drewski said, yo, act, you always got to bring it back to you. Well, yes, it's a fucking off-the-record podcast with DJ Academics. But not only that, I always got to bring it back to Drake. And this is where I bring it back to Drake, okay? I remember Drake gave me one piece of advice. And, and that would be the same advice I would give to Britney. 
because I noticed she was so nice. And I was like, damn, why do you come across like that on, online? And I, and I remember when me and Drake were going back and forth, you know, at first, he said to me, say, oh, Ak, let me just tell you this. You don't always have to be the villain. And what Brittany said to me early in the interview, she was like, yo, you know what? It's fun to be the villain. And I'm not saying it's not fun. And this is coming from someone who's kind of been in the place of you basking the hate a little bit. I don't, I don't think she want to be hated. I think she wants to be understood. And I, I think her defense mechanism when she's not understood is to act like she's liking the hate and lean into it. You know, I think that's something she, she'll grow out of over time. But I will say this, and this is why I think she's definitely going to do a podcast. She's, it's going to do great. She's a good talker. Listen, there's a lot of thoughts out here fucking. That's not new to nobody on earth. There's a few people who could wrap up your bullshit into decent enough rhetoric that even for somebody else, it's like a snake oil salesman. If you could sell whatever fuck shit you're doing good enough that people could be like, hmm, I can see it. Because there's mad hoes. Hoes always need somebody to rally behind. And it's usually the girl who is a little bit... um who's braver than them, who will do more than them, right? So they'll look at that chick and be like, yeah, I wish I could be that bold. Or the person who could fucking explain away, and by the way, this goes for men and women. Like, think about the, the followers of Kevin Samuels. Most of those dudes think they're Kevin Samuels. They're not. But Kevin Samuels has done a great enough job to fucking explain how they feel they think and put it into nice little short short size phrases and you know um things that sound good like a philosophy and people rock with with niggas like that even jordan peterson so again i think she has a chance to do something you know um when you think about like i look at her in comparison to black china and amber rose you know i interviewed amber rose as well both Black China and Amber Rose, I think the difference between them and like a Kim K is like beyond the obvious of them being with other famous men is like they didn't really take the ball and really run with it. Like even a slut walk, I don't even think Amber like ever explained that correctly. You know, like I don't think they could ever get enough or good enough rhetoric to make the bullshit they were selling actually be like oh that's what's up and i don't think neither of them were like as charismatic as like say like the new girls that are doing like for example like a ari like ari's unapologetically just ratchet she ain't gonna give you no fucking theory she's just like, this is me fuck it meg meg stallion is like that a little bit so again i do think that Brittany renner has like you know she has the potential to do all that anyway uh i feel like i've taken so much fucking time where we at with time you know Okay. I do want to touch on this um, Fetty Wap situation. If you don't know, Fetty Wap was actually arrested at Rolling Loud over the weekend. And uh, according to the feds, and by the way, the feds been active these days, huh? They call it Young Boy. Uh, was it the feds or Pooh Heisty? Yeah. Who else? Yeah, like the, the, the feds, the feds just locked up Muwap. Like, there used to be a thing that uh, was called like, no hip-hop police like for example the new york police department 
they would have a hip hop police division. So they would have like, you know, you have the narcotics division, you have the homicide division. They would just assign a few dudes to the task force of watching and monitoring rappers. That was the hip hop police. And apparently at a time they were for a certain period of time, they were really good at preventing crimes and also like, you know, getting shit in order that rappers wasn't running amok. Like for example, within New York city, but increasingly now what we're seeing is that when it comes to Florida, when it comes to Chicago, like especially Chicago, the local police, they don't even know what the fuck going on. They don't make arrests. period. So you know what's going on? The feds is coming in. Rico charges, we usually see Ricos mostly in New York when it comes to gangs. We saw, didn't Rallo, uh, didn't, no, wife and Lucci went down with a Rico charge. That's a federal charge. Did Rallo get a Rico? Maybe. Who else got a Rico charge? They're giving everybody Rico charges. They just gave the people in, in Chicago. Chicago usually don't even get arrested locally, but they got a, a, a racketeering charge, which is a Rico charge. For the death of um, FBG Duck. Young boy got caught. Fed charge. It's kind of getting serious. So we're seeing the feds do a lot of stuff, but uh, they locked up Fetty Wap, and they're saying that Fetty and his gang, that's what they're calling it, Fetty and his gang was slanging weight across the states, okay, from Long Island to basically, I don't know, uh, wherever in California. It was just going all across the country. Now, I will say this, and I'm not going to defend Fetty Wap. By the way, he's from Jer Jersey, and, you know, I grew up in Jersey. Um, Let me just tell you how most people move when it comes to, like, rappers and shit. And I got to start out by using someone who passed away, God rest the dead, rest in peace to Juice World. Juice World. If you believe that Juice World w w was actually moving marijuana or whatever other narcotics was on his plane when the feds came in and remember he died because like he swallowed some pills and overdosed like right there. If you think that he was moving weight, you're probably wrong. Now, let me just give you just really how most rappers get on. Most rappers, before they get to the label, they sign to some street niggas who's selling drugs already, who's doing some street shit to get money already. That street rapper going to have like, you know, maybe a little hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to invest in their career. The only reason why they even bring their artists to the label to get the bigger check, which still is not even bigger check. It's not even about the money. They go to the label because they could get label services in, in, in the terms of, yo, get my guy on a playlist on radio and doing all the things that the industry needs you to survive. But usually the first person who puts money in the pocket of, of a lot of artists from inner city communities is a street nigga. That street nigga then becomes probably sometimes your manager, or he might give you another nigga who's in the street that's not your manager. They don't really know music at that time, but they learn on the fly. Okay? When you get to the, the bigger label, now you still learn. Now, these people are moving with you. However, their jobs, for the most part, usually isn't doing music. They're street niggas. A lot of them still moving weight. And then it becomes situation, and this is just purely speculation. This is if you ask me. Whoever Juice World was rolling with, they were still doing some shit. Juice World was flying at that time private, and they probably told him, yo, Juice. I, well, maybe they don't even tell him. But if I don't know if you guys might not have the experience of getting on a private jet local, uh, domestically, but 
I was fucking flabbergasted when I went on a private jet. You, they don't even check nothing. Literally. You literally walk on the tarmac. Like, you, you, you walk through wherever the, they have like a greeting shit. They don't check your ID. They don't check your pockets. They don't metal detectors. You walk straight onto the plane. You probably leave your luggage right there that the pilots will load it underneath it, whatever, but you walk straight on the plane, okay? Now, the pilots usually have a manifest, which is like the, a, a whole list of like who's on the plane already. They count up to make sure it's a random amount of people. They do a little roll call, who's who, blah, 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 whatever, because they got to tell the FAA, which is like, you know, the federal, you know, airline regulation people, who's up in the air or on whatever flight. But they're not checking your ID. You can tell them anything. Okay, now, uh, granted, it's definitely a crime if you lie and somebody checks, but you can tell them anything. Also, they're not checking luggage. They're not putting your shit through no scanners. So, of course, that's why you see when you hear rappers, like, get caught with a gun, like, the, you know, the feds are going to search the private plane because they know if you got something illegal, you're going to bring it on the private plane. Niggas fly with their guns on private planes. Niggas are flying with weed, all type of narcotics. But, again, here's the thing. The pilot ain't trying to go down for your crime. So if you load like, like, you know, for example, I just thought it was crazy, right? Rallo got caught with $10 million in weed on a fucking private plane. Like, listen, I know I don't smoke. And maybe I don't even know how much money $10 million in weed is. And I'm talking about at the wholesale level. But, nigga, if somebody got a dime bag in this room right now, I could smell it. If you put $10 million worth of weed in a motherfucking, like, uh, 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 um, private jet, Nigga, I'm pretty sure somebody's going to smell that shit. And I'm pretty sure the pilot is probably, like, you know what the pilot probably did? Hit up the police before they land. Nigga, be on the tarmac when I land. These niggas got some shit. The pilot not trying to ride with you. Now, I say all that to say, I don't believe that Fetty was moving away. It's people with Fetty. Again, if Fetty was moving away, I don't think he'd be doing shows. It just doesn't make sense. However, not saying he's not getting funded or, you know, this is, this is all legend. Or he's not getting kicked back, whatever the case is. But it's usually people around the artist that's doing the bullshit. Especially when it comes to shit like that. Okay? So, you know, uh, Purge goes out to Fetty. They're trying to say he's going to um, be facing some very long prison sentences based on the amount of drugs this and third, but... You know, I, again, I don't really do, I only, only drink. Y'all got to help me explain or help me understand these fucking narcotics that I keep hearing or seeing that these motherfuckers are using or in the case of Fetty allegedly selling. If Fetty, why, is fentanyl? I, I thought that killed people. Like, why would Fetty be selling it? Allegedly. Why the fuck would he be selling it? Somebody got to tell me. What does that do? Not, not, for what I've heard, like, you know, you could cut other drugs with it, but I've only heard about fentanyl killing people. So why would Fetty be selling that? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Um, What else did I miss? I feel like I spent about, like, half an hour talking about this Freddie Gibbs shit. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, oh, shit. Two topics I think is related, man. Yo, I think as men, we go through a maturation process. And I think mine is getting, you know, it, mine, 
it's gonna be a long time before I fully mature. You know, Joe Bunner once said, he said, yo, act, you got a little, a little you got a little arrested development going on. Maybe. But I'll tell you how I've matured a little bit. In high school, it was like a thing where you got you kind of got a kick out of it to like fuck somebody's girl. Like, yo, that's, that's, that's another nigga's girl. You fucking her, blah, blah, blah. I think the older you get and you realize how some of these, you know, relationships and shit. Imagine if it's like a marriage, right? How significant it is. I don't know, like, I, if I had to fuck a married chick, I'll probably think, think like four or five times about it. I don't, I don't know about this shit. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, like, this is um, TikTok nigga. Who does like impersonations of uh six nine or teaches people how to do it. And this motherfucker literally caught his wife cheating. Now apparently he used like a nanny cam or some type of webcam or a fucking, you know, um um iPad and he placed it in somewhere that he could figure out that his wife was cheating and you know he's fucking snapped. You know what I mean? He got the Glocky and he fucking he shot her and shot him, killed both of them. Okay, now uh, the police arrested him afterwards and people are kind of looking at it because, yeah, he was a little weird, a bit funny type of guy on the gram. You know, he was doing these impressions and shit, but nobody thought he would ever be a killer. And I got to think about it. I'm like, damn, is there such a case where you would be so fucking like, like, well, obviously that's his family. By the way, they have a kid as well. You catch your girl cheating and you just fucking snap and you kill both of them. I think when you're young, you probably like, you, you joke about that shit, but like, you would never do that shit. You're like, I ain't throwing my life away for, the, for, for this bitch. But I looked at that shit, I'm like, God damn it. This is, again, he's probably mentally ill, but for him, that probably gave him maybe a reason to not live because he, he, he knew he was throwing away his life. I don't even know if he could beat that type of shit on some like, you know, heat of passion or crime of passion, whatever the fuck that is. I mean, you literally put a bullet in the head of your fiance or no, your wife and a lover. But then I started thinking, I'm like, if I was married and I've invested everything and I'm, I'm the main breadwinner and I'm working my ass off and I catch the person who I feel is my other half getting donkey fucked, getting railed by another nigga, what would I do? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm like 100% certain I wouldn't kill them. But, like, could, could we say that you wouldn't be a little bit violent? You catch them fucking in your bed. You catch them fucking in your bed, you, gonna, you definitely not going to be like, all right, you know, this is, this is over and just walk out. Nah, you, you putting hands on somebody. So, again, I, I can understand snapping, but, yo, I was looking at that, and then uh, it brought me to this next thing, which... This is probably the least violent person, you know what I mean? Because obviously he's saved. Now, I wish he invited me to the Sunday service. My man Kanye West. Uh, I don't even know what's going on with Kim anymore. I thought they were going through a divorce. Then I seen them like for the Donna thing. She was in a wedding dress. Looked like they were getting remarried. Then it looked like they were trying to work on stuff. Then we heard that she was asking for one of the houses. So they're still going through the divorce. And then we heard that like he was selling his Wyoming place. So it looked like he was trying to move. But I don't know what go going on with them. However... Uh, recently we seen Kim K and by the way, yo, Kanye got like four kids with Kim. That's four fucking kids. 
we've seen Kim K holding hands with fucking Pete Davidson. And listen, for all my like, you know, SNL fans or whatever who listen to me, y'all tell me the hype behind Pete Davidson. Cause I don't want to sound like a hater or nothing like that, but I'm gonna be honest with you. Listen, if I'm fucking Kanye West, and what I mean, if, if I'm Kanye West, right? If I'm Kanye West, because you gotta watch that word. If I'm Kanye West, and my chick cheats on me for like a B level talent wise actor, and I'm probably one of the greatest creators of modern time when it comes to music. And again, not saying that Kim is cheating, because I don't think she's cheating, but if her rebound is that nigga, and I got kids with her, I'll feel some type of way. By the way, I do think Kanye feels some type of way. Kanye definitely tweeted out that he thought Meek was fucking her at the Waldorf. So he clearly thought some shit. He mentioned Van Jones. He mentioned he was on some shit like, yo, he thought Kim was cheating on him. I can't even see. I'm trying to see. I, I can't see it, though. I can't see what, what all these chicks see in Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson also was with um, Ariana Grande, the chick that was licking the fucking donuts. She's huge as like an artist. But he was wifing her up. Now he's with Kim K. This nigga's winning. Only thing you got to do, you got to like start pumping out some kids by, by, by one of these chicks. I'm wondering if Kim K is going to go down the route that Courtney did. By the way, that's her sister. She like, you know, was kind of hung up over uh, this dude, Scott Disick, for like a long time. And then fucking finally, like she like linked up with Travis Barker. This nigga got tattoos all over himself. He's like a, uh, was he, is he a drummer? I think he's a drummer or some shit like that, right? He's like rock star drummer type dude. And like, yo, she's just like, yo, fuck that old nigga, man. Like, like she don't care about her baby father no more. She's just like doing her thing with her new dude. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, real quick announcement. I am going to, hold on. I'm going to uh, Florida this weekend. I'm thinking about doing a couple episodes with a few people. I want you guys to give me some suggestions. I keep telling you, I mean, LA is fucking dead. That shit is dead. I went to LA. Everything shuts down by 10. You know why? The mask mandates, like the clubs are weird. Like house parties are done because a lot of people move. So like shit is so different. Like it's not the same anymore. Everybody has moved and have gone to Miami. And that's where I'll be this weekend. So, you know, I'm going to try to get a couple episodes for you guys. You guys let me know what and who you want me to talk to. And I'll make a few episodes out of it. I'll definitely say this. Um, did I miss anything? Did I miss anything? Oh, shit. Island Boy's down there. Yeah, yo. Listen, y'all got to let me know if the Island Boys are a fad. Like, I, I'm really thinking about, and I've talked to them. I don't know if I should interview them because I want to interview a fad. Because there's mad times I feel like I'm contributing to, like, a fad that's going to pass as soon as I stop talking about it. Like, for example, the fake Drake thing. Like, that was, like, such a joke to me, right? And then all of a sudden, I see the motherfucker taking bookings, and I'm like, oh, shit. This is a thing now. Like, it was supposed to be a quick joke for a few days. Now the nigga's, like, you know, like, the nigga's throwing up the six sign everywhere. He, like, he keeps recutting the heart back in his hair. This thing is dedicated to the whole act. And because of that, I'm like, yo, this motherfucker's good. But I'm like, yo, is it one of those things where we push the joke too far? So anyway, I I'm going to be down in Miami, and I'm going to figure out what the fuck um, episodes I could get out while I'm down there. Um, 
yeah, you guys chime in. Let me know. Uh, send me a comment on my Instagram or Twitter, or whatever the case is, and let me know who I should be talking to. I'm trying to think of anybody else who I didn't talk about. Oh, yeah, there's a situation with Duty Low and touching kids. He's an OTF member. I'm kind of stay away from that topic for right now. I don't have the full details on it. And it's one of those situations where allegations, especially when it comes to men, like nobody ever cares about the truth. You know what I mean? Like the alle- like there's no allegation for women that the truth mat- matters in. Actually, sometimes even the truth don't matter for women. You know what I mean? Like if it's, if it's a dude, if you're accused of being rough with your girl, oh, you're a woman beater. Well, we could see like, we, we could see uh, um, Solange going crazy in the elevator. We could see Saweetie going ballistics near an elevator. And they're like, uh, that nigga probably did some shit. You know, so it's one of those things where I'm like, hey, let me at least, knowing that, especially for people of color and especially males, let me at least get my facts in order a little bit and we'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, as I'm getting out of here, I do want to say uh, congratulations to Jay-Z. I know a lot of people think I don't like Jay-Z or I hate Jay-Z, but it's not like that, bro. It's actually just like how I look at Youngboy or some people look at Youngboy. A lot of people don't hate Youngboy. They hate his fans. And when it comes to Jay-Z fans, like Jesus Christ, like the Gawk Gawk 3000 is on a different fucking level. Like they don't want you to compare nobody to him. He's on this fucking Mount Rushmore by himself. Like Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm sorry. Like I, I like to have the conversation Jay-Z or Drake at this point. For me, I, I say even Drake. You know, Drake is uh, above him, you know, um, in that all-time conversation. For some people, and this, these are Jay-Z fans that make you hate Jay-Z. Like, they look at him and they talk about him like that is so sacrilegious if you even have that thought. And because of that, you know, it looks like you hate somebody when you don't because you end up arguing against him all the time. But anyway, congratulations to Jay-Z. He um, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which for some reason I thought he was already. But perhaps he just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And um, I'm, I'm happy for him. I think, you know, he's breaking down boundaries. You know, I still stand on everything I've ever said about him. I, I still think he's an opportunistic businessman, which is not a bad thing. But I also think that when you think about Jay-Z, he's breaking down barriers um, for everybody. He's crossing over hills that hopefully one day other artists will. And at least he's showing us the blueprint, quote unquote, or at least doing it first that, you know, there is an example that we can follow. Okay. So anyway, congratulations to Jay-Z. Listen, man, I'm getting out of here. I will be back on Friday. Yeah, listen, I'm cutting this bit short. I'll be back on Friday. And um, matter of fact, I might be talking to somebody interested on on Friday. Okay. Uh, We're figuring out, by the way, I'm building another studio. So you're going to see another studio shortly, which, which is still in the bunker. And I'm trying to get my studios set up for like different locations. I haven't hit Atlanta yet. I got to touch down in Atlanta, and um, we'll see what, what happens when I get there. But anyway, I'm out of here for now. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you for all the support. Thank you guys for rocking with the last episode. I believe that shot us all the way up on the Spotify podcast charts. You know, of course, the best hip-hop podcast. We're only like, what is it, like 22 episodes in? But as we keep going, by the time we get to like 100, like we're going to be a fucking pro. Regardless, thank you all for rocking with us. It's off the record. Academics, I'm out of here.